who made a way for you where there was no way. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, choir, for that beautiful <clears throat> songs. This morning, can you turn with me to the book of Philemon? And I will read from verses 1 to 2, the book of Philemon, verses 1 to 2, and 9 to 12. Book of Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Apia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thine house. Move to verse 8 with me, please. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee, that which is convenient, yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, that thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels or my very heart, whom I have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Lord, this morning we uh, stand before your word. We stand before your people. We are awed because your presence is here. We are awed by the sacredness and the sanctity of the place where we stand. And this morning, we ask for your unction. We ask for your anointing. We ask this morning for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And so you open our eyes to behold the wondrous things from this, the scriptures. Open our ears to hear what the Spirit wants us to hear. Open our hearts to receive that the Lord would implant what he wants us to know. And Lord, we trust in you and rely on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, please be seated. The book of Philemon <clears throat> comes to us handwritten, or the writer of Paul being Paul himself. <clears throat> He's writing this epistle from prison. And his writings are classified into three types of letters, or three types of epistles. You have the travel epistles that he has written, you have the pastoral epistles that he has written, and now you have the prison epistles, three types. In the prison epistles, we see of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, which gives us an understanding that Paul, while he's in prison, 
is just not sitting there, but he's very busy. And the Holy Spirit is using him to write. And he writes into the churches. But this particular epistle is a very personal letter that he writes. And in all those four epistles, he writes, he says, I'm in bonds, so we know he's in prison. But this epistle, that other ones that he writes to the churches, this one is a very personal letter to Philemon. It only has one chapter, and in the Bible, we have a few epistles like this where 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Philemon, that only contains that one chapter. And so while these epistles are brief and small in, 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 in the brevity, yet the elements that are contained and the messages that are brought forth are timeless truths that are relevant even for today. This morning, I have chosen before you for us to reflect this marvelous and wonderful and warm human story that is nestled in the New Testament. Paul's epistle here and uh, the story stands as this magnificent vignette and a masterpiece of demonstration of faith, love, leadership, submission, obedience, restoration, reconciliation. And this morning, while I don't have time to get into all of it, but it is important for us to understand a little bit of background as we jump in to what the Lord has put in front of me. And that background is the three primary figures. There may be ten that were there. All, there are ten that are there all together. But this morning, I want us at least to understand the three primary figures. You have Paul, the godly apostle. You have Philemon, who is a wealthy, affluent man in the New Testament. And you have Onesimus, who is that runaway slave. Philemon's name is brought to us with an understanding and a picture that Paul presents for us. And Paul says about him, he says, you are Philemon unto our brother, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Dearly beloved and fellow laborer. When we think about a fellow laborer, we understand that he's part of that ministry. He's part of that leadership. He's part of that exclusive community of Paul's people that he says fellow laborers. In fact, who are the fellow laborers? Well, he puts them there on this epistle. Mark, Aristarchus, Luke, Demas, all of them are put in this epistle as fellow laborers. I bring that to your attention so that you understand that Philemon is in a very exquisite company. Philemon is a part of that leadership of Colossae. And so he writes and he says, uh, Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Paul addresses him as a man, and he says, you notice that when he addresses Philemon, he doesn't use his authority that he speaks in the other places. He uses and comes and says, Paul the Apostle. 
You look at the other scriptures, he always uses the apostle. But in the point of Philemon, he doesn't come with his title. He can. But he comes to him and he says, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. And he uses that to come to Philemon. He comes below Philemon to say, Paul, I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have functions. All of us have roles. We all have some titles. But in our titles, we need to know that when we come to address, we leave our titles behind and we can come to speak without our titles. We can even take a step down when needed to speak to a brother or a sister. This morning, I want to address about the transforming power of the gospel in Philemon. And this morning, with God's grace, I want to present to you three points related to the transforming power of the gospel in Philemon. Number one, the gospel brings transformation to our life and calling. Philemon's life and calling was transformed by the gospel. It came to him through the very life of his apostle Paul. Paul was very instrumental in bringing Philemon to the faith. And as he brings him to the, and he brought him to the faith, Philemon has grown to a place where he is now a fellow laborer with Paul. Gospel is one that transforms our life and calling. When the gospel comes to us, when we receive the gospel, when we step forward with the gospel, we don't stay where we are. It moves us to the calling that God has called for us. All of us have a calling. All of us have a destiny. Several months ago, I went to a wedding. While I was at the wedding, the pastor said something which really I thought was quite profound for that moment. Towards the end of the message, he moved and looked at that couple and he said to them, he called them by name and he said, today, when you go home, kneel down and pray. Well, that's something we all tell them. But he said, I want you to pray and ask God, what is our mission in life? Today, as you go home, let that be a prayer for today and for the rest of your life to ask God, what is it that you have asked me to do? What is it that you brought us together for? The gospel brings transformation to our calling, our life and calling. The beauty of the gospel is that when we recognize the grace that we have received in Christ Jesus and that grace that forgives, but it's also a grace that transforms. The beauty of the gospel is that when we receive of the grace that we have received in Christ Jesus, it's a grace that forgives, but it's also a grace that transforms. 
And Apostle Paul provides some notable salient features about Philemon this morning as I want to bring to you. Philemon was such a dear brother and a fellow laborer of Paul, like I said. There's a woman that is mentioned right beside him, Apia, our beloved uh, beloved Apia, called a sister. In one translation, says she's called sister. It's rare for a woman to be included in any greeting or in any even at the end. But Apostle Paul reaches and says Apia, and most scholars attribute Apia to be Philemon's wife. The gospel brings transformation to our life and calling. Philemon's home to our beloved Apia, Archippus, and fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Philemon's home is a place of gathering. Philemon is a host to our services of the, of the entire services of the week. Philemon and Apia serve as leadership models for us and giving us a window into the leadership of that first century church. If there's no Philemon, and if there's no Apia, there's no gathering that they can come to. Philemon and Apia are people whose lives have been transformed. Gospel has transformed Philemon's life. He is a beloved brother. His wife is beloved, and they are instrumental in the gathering, and their home is open for worship. So a couple of years ago, our pastor would give Wednesday prayer, Wednesday night prayer meeting is in your house or this brother's house or that Friday prayer meeting is at this brother's house or this family's home. Well, when it's in my house, I know the drill. I know how much time is required. I will get, start getting texts. I will start being told what I have to do and all the things that come up for one prayer. It's a little easier if it's Wednesday. If it's, a, it's much harder if it's a Friday. If it's, it's much harder if there are many days. But I want to bring that to your attention to know Philemon's home was such that it was the place of consistently where the church gathered. The announcements were simple. We're gathering in Philemon's home. The gospel has transformed Philemon's life. The gospel has transformed Philemon to be a leader. Listen to this. Paul says, I thank my God making mention of thee in the gospel brings transformation to your life. The gospel has brought transformation to his family, but gospel has transformed him to be a leader. And Paul says, I thank God for you. Have you ever thanked God publicly or privately for someone that you noted for their work and service for the Lord? Have you ever thanked them? Or do you just thank them when they die? When people die, many people thank them. But I want to ask you, have you ever thanked someone for their life? 
Have you ever thanked them for the call that they made? Have you thanked them for the time they visited you in that hospital? Have you thanked them for standing by you when your time of need? This morning, look around you. As you leave, look, uh, look about you. Go through your phone. Possibly there is someone you need to thank. Possibly there's someone that you could reach out to and say, I can't forget you. Paul, a great apostle, had time to remember and say, Philemon, I thank my God for you. I thank my God for you. He didn't, he, it wasn't beneath him to encourage someone and say, I thank my God for you. The gospel transformed Philemon's life. The gospel transformed him to be a leader. And now the gospel has transformed Philemon's character. I thank my God making mention of you in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Yes, there's something about his character. The gospel has transformed Philemon's character. And therefore we see a, a window once again into the leadership of that first century church. Their expressions of love, their expressions of faith were visible. And their love and faith is something that could be heard and seen. Paul is in prison, but he could hear of their love. He could hear of their faith. My friends, your faith, my faith, your love, my love is something that is spoken about. It can be spoken about. And the two principles that governed Philemon was love and faith. Love for the saints should always proceed out of a faith and a love for the Lord. It can't be the other way. Love for the Lord, for the saints, should always proceed out of a faith and a love for the Lord. Faith in the Lord should result in a love for the saints, and that is what God wants. Gospel has transformed Philemon's character, the transforming power of gospel that moved through the heart of Philemon, the life of Philemon, the character of Philemon, and the leadership through which Philemon. This morning, as you're hearing the transforming power of the gospel, consider who it is and what it is that we can apply, but also take time to look around you and thank God for someone. One more thing, the gospel transformed Philemon's purpose. Yes, Philemon, we have great joy and consolation because you have refreshed me. You have refreshed me. The gospel has transformed this purpose and he understands that his life is something that is meant to refresh others. Person who refreshed God saints, I have derived much joy and comfort from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. The gospel transforms our life, 
transforms our leadership, transforms our family, but it transforms our purpose so that you can be a person that refreshes others. Philemon's demonstration of love, Philemon's demonstration of faith refreshed the saints of God. He knows how to honor, he knows how to love the people of God. The Lord sets people in the house. The Lord sets people in the church, and some of them have some very specific jobs. Some of them have some specific responsibilities associated to ministry. But Philemon knew how to love the children of God. He knew how to care for them. He knew how to serve them. And he knew how to open his home for traveling servants of God and give them room and board and hospitality because he realized that is his purpose in life. This morning, I want to ask you, have you been transformed by the gospel to know your purpose, to refresh to refresh the heart of saints. To refresh the heart of saints. The work of God flourishes when people like Philemon step in. The work of God flourishes when people like Philemon step in and they got and they care for God's people who are set apart. They find tangible ways to help and to lend that helping hand. Have you experienced this transformation of the gospel? The gospel transforms. The gospel brings transformation to our life and calling. The gospel brings transformation to our family. The gospel brings transformation to be a leader. The gospel brings transformation to our character. The gospel brings transformation to our purpose. Number two, the gospel brings transformation to our relationships. The gospel not only brings transformation to our life and calling, but the life gospel brings transformation to our relationships. Verse 9 and 10. I can command you, yet for love's sake I beseech you for my son Onesimus. I beseech you for my son Onesimus. Paul had no natural children that we know of. Yet, Paul says, in his old age, Paul the aged, and now the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul is probably somewhere in his 60s, and he says, in his imprisonment, in his bonds, he said, I am a son. And he bears his heart to Philemon as a brother to brother, and he said, I beseech you, the old man that I am, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus, he says, I beseech you for my son, Onesimus. Onesimus is a runaway slave. Onesimus is even may have taken something. It is known that he may have taken something from the home of Philemon. He is possibly a criminal. 
somewhere a thousand miles away after Philemon, from Philemon's house. God's supernatural uh, work brings Philemon into contact with Paul. I'm sorry, God brings Onesimus into contact with Paul. And Onesimus in that prison, we don't know if he came to prison or he came to visit prison. I don't know. The Bible doesn't get into that detail. But the one thing that we do know, Paul gets an opportunity to meet Onesimus. And in that meeting, a birthing and a bonding has happened. A birthing and a bonding has happened even while Paul is in prison. Even in the most adverse circumstances, Paul recognized that he is there for the gospel. And it is the advancement of the gospel that he's there for. And he pushes the gospel forward to Onesimus. And Paul sees Onesimus as this precious life. Paul sees Onesimus as a very precious life. His life from the outside doesn't give that picture of perfect life. Yes, he's running away. Yes, he may have stolen something. And yes, he's a thousand miles away from where he should be. But Paul recognizes, I have a responsibility. And he extends that arm of grace to Onesimus and sees the preciousness of Onesimus' life. Friends, as we are living in this world, we have our daily chores. We have targets. We have goals. And in all those goals, sometimes we lose sight of what is precious. We lose sight of what is valuable. We lose sight. And we need the Holy Spirit to bring us to that place. And I thank God because here we see Paul saw this man's life. He wasn't consumed about himself at that time. Rather, he recognized about the love of God that came out for him. And he said, Onesimus needs the grace that I received. Doesn't this remind us that we are all Onesimuses? That all of us find our identity and true identity only in Christ? That no matter what our names are, what we were given name as in birth, or what we are called by other people when I was in the playground, or whatever name that we call ourselves. But we will find our only true identity in Christ and Christ alone. That when he calls us to be his own, that when we become that child of God, the gospel is the one that brings that birth. I want to tell you something. Singing is not what's going to bring you into the family of God. Coming to church is not going to bring you into the family of God. The family of God come. You are birthed into the family by the reception of faith, of, of receiving the gospel. It is 
understanding and responding to the gospel that brings you into the family of God. Paul says you have 10,000 instructors, but you have no fathers. But I, but I have begotten you through the gospel. I have begotten you through the gospel. In the gospel, it is the working of the spirit and the word. And when the spirit and the word come into your life, that is the conversion and the life-changing experience of grace. And here is what happened to Onesimus. His life changed by the entrance of the gospel and he received Christ into his life and the gospel changed him. And as the gospel changed him, Paul is now sending an appeal back to Philemon. He's sending an appeal back to Philemon as a bond letter. And he says, consider, consider my son Onesimus. Consider my son Onesimus because he's valuable to me. He was useless to you. And now he's useful to you and to me. My friend, Christian grace or, or grace of God brings that transformation into our relationships and that relationships make that transformation of grace and that grace makes what is useless useful. What is useless becomes useful because of the gospel that brings transformation. Birthed by the infusion of the word of God. Birthed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Onesimus' name was useful, but he could not be useful. This morning, wherever you are, the transformation, the gospel can bring transformation, not only into your life and calling, but gospel brings transformation into our relationships, for the gospel changes a person from the inside. From the inside out, the gospel changes us. He says, I am sending him back. He is ministering to me in your stead. That in my bonds, Onesimus has come to a place where he is a son to me. He has received Christ. He says to him, not only is he a son, He's a beloved brother. He's a beloved brother. When he calls him beloved brother, there's another brother that he calls before that was also beloved. Paul says, Philemon, you are my beloved brother. Now he brings Onesimus. Now, not as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, specially to me. Can you see that? He addressed Philemon and said, you are my beloved brother. Now he says, he raises Onesimus from a slave to a son and then he says, he's a beloved brother. He's a beloved brother. My friends, the people sitting beside you, the family of God, they are beloved. The gospel transforms our relationship. 
The gospel transforms our relationships. Your perceptions of people must come to the perceptions of what the kingdom standard is. Don't let the culture define what is meant to be the relationship. God promotes a higher standard. It is the kingdom standard. It is the grace standard. Perhaps we don't realize what it is when we have recognized that we have obligations. Very often we like the term grace. We like to talk about the kingdom standard when it's on somebody else's obligation. But the Lord wants us to know. The Lord wants us to understand that the kingdom obligation is how we are called, or the, the grace standard and the kingdom standard is what God is calling us to for. Thirdly, I'm going to run and come to the last point. The gospel brings transformation to the community. The gospel brings transformation <clears throat> to our life. The gospel brings transformation to our relationships. And the gospel brings transformation to the community. Colossians 4.9, Apostle Paul says and describes Onesimus in this way. A faithful and beloved brother in Colossae. Paul writes about Onesimus and he says, he is a faithful and beloved brother when he writes to Colossae about Onesimus. His, we don't know much about how that went. We don't know much about how Paul sent him back and, or when Onesimus got back. We don't know the details about how he went with this letter, what the reception was like, what that, how that all played out, we don't know. But we do know Paul writes back and he has some wonderful things to say. And that he says is a faithful, beloved brother in Colossae. The gospel brings transformation to that community of Colossae. He went from a slave to a son. And where Paul says, I am sending him my very Paul says, I am sending Onesimus. He is my very heart. He is my beloved brother. His sacrifice, Paul took a huge sacrifice. He risked his own to send Philemon back. There was a risk on Philemon. There was a risk on Paul. But as we look through the scriptures, we understand that this powerful book has become a governing, a book that governs the relationships of Christian brothers. Paul writes to Philemon, but it, it is included in the canon that you and I read, the scriptures, for us to give us a window into how relationships are meant to be governed. This morning... The gospel transforms my life, my calling. The gospel transforms our relationships. The gospel transforms our community. History and tradition. We don't know a lot 
but has something to say. For whatever it's worth, I'm going to say it. Church tradition speaks from Ignatius of Antioch. Ignatius of Antioch is a disciple of John, the apostle. In his writings in the first cent second century, he writes about a bishop. Do you know who that bishop is? It's Bishop Onesimus. Here's what he writes. It's tradition. Please understand. It's not Bible. It's tradition. Bishop Onesimus is a man of inexpressible love. Your bishop is one of inexpressible love. Where did he go? Who would have thought from where he was to where he was elevated? Even if he didn't become bishop, I want us to know that God has moved him from the place that he was to where he is now. This morning, that same God is the one who's able to move the mountains, the one who's able to make a way where there's no way. Oh, the gospel and Christianity is such that it has moved every class structure. All prefixes and suffixes have been removed when we come to the cross. It was R.W. Schambach who said it, I believe, where I was there. He said, at Calvary, the ground is level. At Calvary, the ground is level. There is no class structure there. There is no structure. Everybody is a sinner saved by grace. Yes, my friends. The gospel is one that transforms our family, our life and calling. The gospel is, something, is one that transforms our relationships. And the gospel is one that transforms our community. The gospel brings a personal transformation. Social reformation comes after a personal transformation. The gospel addresses personal transformation. From the personal transformation, we get a social reformation. But the primary is 